The topic uh, that uh, Zach gave me today was civic environment, and I added in Christianity, and then I put a backward slash cultures in conflict. That's where we're at, I believe, in the United States today. So we're working to uh, try to link up a number of ideas that sometimes don't fit exactly with our Christianity, but we're always called to love the other people regardless. And so that's our Christian mandate, to, to love others, to love each other in our ministry. And if you, this is not a new thing. If you go back to your Bible in 1 Corinthians 5 through 8, those are chapters, you will find out that Paul left Athens after he had talked to the scholars there, and he walked 50 miles across Greece to Corinth. When he got to Corinth, there was sexual frenzy. And in my opinion today, we have a lot of sexual frenzy, and how you uh, define a sexual relationship could be uh, quite different. But uh, we, uh, we will uh, work through some of this. Today, uh, I'll go through the agenda. Uh, I'll try to, from my standpoint, give you a couple definitions. I'll give you some scripture, talk about Christian relationship to, uh, to the civic environment, and then where are there some civic opportunities that you can be involved. You can be involved in a number of things as students. You can be involved when you graduate. Uh, there are all kinds of government uh, positions or vendors that work with the government, and so you can have an impact in that way. The first definition that I would like to uh, say, and this is my own definition, is civic environment. What is it? The social and cultural forces that shape the life and the interactions of an individual in their society. So it's really important how we base our social and cultural forces. We all come from different places. As Zach said, uh, I'm from Ohio. It makes me a Buckeye. Some of you people maybe from Michigan don't like Buckeyes. I always uh, kid everybody and say, you know, the people in McPherson are not very smart. They elected a Buckeye four times. You know what a Buckeye is? It's a worthless nut. There you go. So I'm a worthless nut. So you can go from there. The other definition that I, that I wanted to put out is uh, if you look at the Nicene Creed, and many of us will follow the Nicene Creed, maybe the Apostles' Creed, it will be impossible for you to uh, read. If you could flip to that hard-to-read slide, please. Uh, but I wanted to say, for me, I believe in one God. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ. He was crucified. He rose again, the resurrection that we celebrate on Easter, and believed that he's going to come again. And so we believe in the Holy Spirit that spoke through the prophets. We believe in a universal church, and the creed, uh, the creed says one holy Catholic church, but that does not mean a Roman Catholic church. That means a universal church that we are called to, and to, the, to our own resurrection. And so that's where 
I think we can do a lot. I meet with a number of groups uh, outside of what is my normal duty. And I have a lot of people that are very depressed that come into my office. When we were dealing with the LGBTQ uh, group in the summer festival that they had in June, almost everybody that sent me uh, an email, and many of them did, and, and I've continued to talk with them since June on a bi-weekly to a monthly basis, is they're suffering from depression, they are suffering from suicidal tendencies. As a Christian, I may not agree with everything that they do, but I am called to love them, and I believe the love of Jesus Christ can lead them out of depression, can lead them into a situation where they are not suicidal. That's why I meet with them. I want to impact them. Even if I can't change all of their thinking, it's important that I move them off the psychological road that they're on and speak to them with God's love. So where do I get this from? If you put up the next slide, 1 Peter 2, 13 through 17, and uh, this is from the New American Standard. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king as the one authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and praise of those who do right. For such is the will of God, that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men, act as free men, and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. This is one of the references, and there are several others that are almost like this, in the Bible to have respect for government. It doesn't say in here that we have to agree with everything. And I, I have participated in a program called Brave Angels. Brave Angels are people that are on the blue side of political issues and part of them are on the red side of political issues. We, were, we, we meet together to discuss issues, but the main thing is while you're discussing, you, you try to get an understanding of why does somebody believe the way they do. And how can we communicate if we, have, we can gain an understanding. And that's been my uh, mission for since 2009 as mayor. If you don't like what's going on, how do I meet with you? How do I uh, gain an understanding of how you think the way you do? How can you understand me in, in the way that I think? And so this is an important aspect of our Christianity. And so this is what we should be doing as a Christian. We're going to uh, love. God loved us. We are trying to show that back in that relationship. If you want to, uh, I'm going to shift gears here to opportunities. Wherever you're at in your young life, um, there are all kinds of opportunities. Sometimes... Um, we don't look to be involved in government. 
I spent about five years in China teaching MBAs. And I was really there to work with the underground church. And I signed a paper that said I would not proselyze Han Chinese with Christianity. That's a hard thing to do if you went to work with the underground church, but you're a college professor at the same time. So the way that I always went around it, and I said something to the college, uh, university president, and when he said, have you ever proselytized somebody? I said, absolutely not. But he says, I hear you share the gospel. I said, I only answer questions. <laughs> I'm not starting the conversation. And he said, as long as you didn't start the conversation, I'm okay with you. And then we would have great table tennis matches. And luckily, I could play table tennis above average. And so whenever he, I came into the room where he was playing table tennis, he would make his opponents retire so that he could play me. And uh, sometimes okay, most of the time not so good because they're pretty good tennis players, table tennis players. But the government uh, is a place where we need young people today. And so I wanted to throw out that opportunity. Can you consider a government place? Can you enter the civic environment? There's all kind of things, and I put on this first slide, globally and nationally. Department of State, and that will include some interaction all over the world. You may, like me, get to go to China. Uh, you may go to somewhere else. Uh, I've been to the Middle East. Part of my uh, walk there is I'm part of In Defense of Christians when over a million Armenian Christians were executed by the Ottoman Turks in 1915. And when I went back to Congress, obviously I wasn't there in 1915, but we argued about the genocide that's taking place today. And that is a hard thing. And I brought a fourth grade teacher here from New York City that was an Iraqi. And we put a program on several years ago at the Opera House as she showed us and took a camera person with her how they were fighting for their freedom in the Middle East there, right on the Iraqi-Syrian border. Embassy staffs are very exciting business. So maybe you have something uh, that you can offer there. Um, U.S. House representatives, we have all kinds of young people that take those jobs and they're the, the uh, help to the representative senators uh, have staff that it's for you to be involved in something uh, without having to be elected or you could run for a state or federal office at some point in your life. And uh, when uh, I was in China, I got an email and asked me, was I willing to run for mayor? And I quickly replied, absolutely not. I've never dreamed of being in government. <laughs> okay, I never dreamed of being part of the official civic environment. But I did one hard thing. I said, I'll pray about it. That's one of the most dangerous things that you can do, pray about something. If you pray sincerely, God's going to give you an answer. God gave me an answer. 
he told me I should register to run. So I came back right after Christmas in 2008. And so the election used to be in April. I went ahead and registered thinking, doesn't matter, I've been in China most of five years. Nobody will even remember me. I'm okay. I, I'll do what you say, Lord, but I don't have to worry about it, right? So we went through the thing about two weeks before the first election I had for mayor. I felt like the Lord called me to prayer. And I went down about 2 o'clock in the morning and went face down before the Lord in my living room. And I said, you know, I have a problem with what your this election. And what I would really like to tell you is that I've got a little bit of Gideon in me. I hope you guys are familiar with Gideon, you know. He threw out the fleece and said, Lord, if you will do this. And God put the dew on the fleece. And Gideon said, uh, I didn't really want to go into battle. <laughs> I'm going to put out the fleece again. This time I want it to be dry, thinking maybe God let him off the hook. Well, the fleece was dry. So the fleece didn't work. He goes into battle with a very small force, and everybody fights amongst themselves, the enemy, and he's a big winner. So I said, you know, uh, my fleece is that you will give me two-thirds of the vote. And if you give me two-thirds of the vote, I'll know it's you. But I knew in, in my own mind that I'm running against a guy that has been 19 years on a city commission, and I'm just coming back from China. So I thought, I'm safe. You know, he will, no way he can give me two-thirds of the vote. So it's a good prayer. And then there was another guy that was on the school board for eight years. And there was another guy like me. He, he wanted to be mayor, but he had absolutely no experience. I had a lot of executive experience, but no government experience. So the day of the election comes, and that night they're having all kind of trouble with the count. So what we see today is nothing new. Sometimes they just have trouble counting the votes. And so I decided I would go to bed at 9 o'clock. And my wife, who's over here, Kathy, has been a great supporter of me, said, don't you want to stay up to hear the results? I said, oh, no, they'll be the exact same thing in the morning. I don't need to stay up to listen to this stuff. So I went to bed, got up in the morning, came down. My wife fixed me a great breakfast on Saturday mornings. This is Wednesday morning, and there is a great breakfast on the table. I thought, wow, this is strange. But I said, thank you, dear, said the prayer, and started to eat. And she said to me, don't you want to know the result? I said, oh, yeah, forgot about the election. What's the result? Because I was confident. I didn't have to worry about it. She said, you won. I said, terrible joke for a great breakfast. <laughs> she said, no, I'm not joking. And the first thing came to my mind was going face down before the Lord. And so I said, what was the percent? She said, 67%. And I said, oh, crap. <laughs> I guess the Lord really does want me to do this. It was terrible. 
So now I have to figure out something that I never wanted to do, God led me to there. You may be struggling with what God wants you to do. And you may, you may not like the call, but if you sincerely do it, I can tell you I've met with all kinds of people. I've helped special needs people. I've helped business people. I've helped industry. I have met many times with the LGBT community to show them I care about them. And if we don't agree, how can we come together and talk, build a relationship? And all these different people that you don't agree with, they are not a nail and you are not the hammer. That's not how you show love. So if I'm doing what God wants me to do, I'll show love. So there are private sector things globally and nationally, missionary organizations, World Health Organization, uh, teaching English. Uh, a lot of the people that were with me in China taught English. Some of them were in Japan. I took a student that couldn't afford to be here from Japan uh, after two years and took him to my house. And that was a, that was a hard thing. Um, she knew enough English to go to Central, maybe not enough English to sit around the dinner table uh, very well. And I'll tell you what, uh, I think I learned more Japanese than she learned English as she lived with us, but she married a boy from her person and she's still here. What, so it's a great story. Uh, organizations like Samaritan's Purse. When I was in China, China didn't want any help from the outside. Had a massive earthquake. Sichuan province. Guess the, the, what the TV, CCTV in China. Samaritan's Purse, flying water treatment kits, not big, big tanks, everything, into the area. The Chinese official television covers them from the time they leave Charlotte till they land in China and then trucked up into the mountains to help the people in the earthquake. Finally, two years later, the president of China decided, well, Samaritan's Purse been down there for two weeks. I guess I better go down there too. And so it was really funny. But the premier's daughter was a solid Christian. And that's how they got the word to Samaritan's Purse to bring him forward. You can work in a foreign office of a corporation. And that can be exciting. Uh, foreign organizations in the United States. Right now, we have a great industry here, Vega. It's a great place to work. They're a German company. I do a lot of work with them. When I did the initial ribbon cutting in 2009, I gave the first seven minutes in German. Hadn't spoken German in 50 years. That was a real hard work. And I had a German professor at McPherson College who had just retired uh, record my talk. And, and then he said, why am I, I'm not giving a talk. I said, I'll, I have 10 days, I'll listen to it every day, and then I will, uh, if I don't think I sound like you, I'll go back and practice some more, but I guarantee you, I'll do it 10 times every night for 10 days. So I did it 100 times, and then I was able to deliver it. And uh, their entire board, board came, they appreciated. So the governor of Kansas flew in here, wanted to meet with me, and I thought, what did I do wrong now? And he, he said he had to use the restroom. Please talk to his chief of staff. And he said, we understand that you talk to people when they first come in their own language. And I said, yeah, I did Vigo. I've done a group of accountants from Mexico. I've done some people when the volcano hit Iceland and they got stuck here. And I, I, le I learned a paragraph of Icelandic 
But you know what? If you can speak with somebody on their level like that, you want to do it. So they adopted during their administration all the people that came in from foreign countries that they would make sure that their greetings, their first paragraph was in their tongue. If you look at opportunities locally, the civic environment, you might run for mayor someday. You might say, no way. I said, no way. Look where I'm at today. There's city commissioners. There's county commissioners. The sheriff is an elected uh, office. We have appointed officials for the administrators, finance, HR. Some of you probably are studying HR. The fire chief, and, uh, and we need people in the fire department for the police department, public works, uh, park and rec. We have wastewater staff. You have science, uh, and Michael Craig has represented the city on uh, uh, on the uh, Wasmu uh, board for us as a city. Sometimes you don't have to be a part. You just have to say, will you accept an appointment? Will you represent us? And will you do a good job reporting back to us? Private sector, service organizations, young professionals, uh, which I no longer qualify for, but you will in about two years and uh, become part of that. And they do different uh, projects within a city. Government vendors, contractors, medical staff, where are you? We're really hurting in America for medical staff. This is all part of the civic environment. Retail staff, good relationships from a clerk in a store. How many times have you gone in, clerk just goes out of the way to help you, and you're so happy that you got that person on that day? Those are important people in a civic environment. Schools, churches, all need you. I'd like to end with two things. This uh, first is a, a saying from Philo of Alexandria. This quote is, I read every morning. I get up 3.30, 4 o'clock every morning. I read through the Bible. I've read through the Bible every year for 40-some years. I'm still amazed that I find something new. But I always look at, when I open my Old Testament, Philo of Alexandria is an old guy in about 300 A.D., and uh, he said, be kind. Everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. And I think that's true. Everybody has something they're struggling with. And so I always say that. Remember that today. Everyone I'm going to meet, every one of you, is fighting some kind of battle. If I have opportunity to dialogue with you, I need to be kind. I need to show you God's love. The last slide that I want to end with, you are the message. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, you are the Christian message. You have to deliver that message on a regular basis from the heart. God's love is going to flow from you. If you're not a Christian, I would invite you to do that. We had a slide up here before we started. said, I've been trying to get in touch with you for your vehicle extended warranty. Jesus Christ is your extended warranty for your life, to have eternal life. So I'm saying to you, if you want an extended warranty for your life, 
please talk to somebody about Jesus Christ. And the last thing I'll say there, society is changing, but we continue to have the same biblical responsibilities. I open by sharing that Paul had the same, same situation in Corinth that we have today. And that's what God called him to. That's what God calls us to. In some ways, nothing has changed. And the love of God is still the same. So that's what we want to share. Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for, for being here, for sharing with us um, this morning. Uh, there's a, if you guys want to ask questions to, to Mayor Tom Brown, um, I'd invite you to do that. Um, it's open and I will receive those and, and try to pass those on to him. Um, I guess that I, my first question uh, for you in, in listening to all that you've shared with us this morning is that what, when you think of being the mayor of McPherson and having an institution like Central Christian College within sort of the realm of, of where you get to govern, what's your hope for these students, for this, this place? Well, I would hope that we make an impact uh, for Jesus Christ. I've already told you how I became mayor. So every day for the last 14 years, I come to work representing Jesus Christ. That's my challenge. There are going to be people that don't agree with what happens in city government. But I have a responsibility to show everyone, regardless of what your view is on an issue that. So as I work, uh, I'm lucky I have my own consulting company. I do strategic planning, management, leadership. But I come every day to the city office. I'm usually there by 6.30, 7 o'clock. I spend more time in there than anybody else except for an employee. Maybe spend more time than some employees. But I don't do that out of any other feeling of obligation than if God, you told me to do this, and every time that I've asked people to pray, I've run for election again. I'm here to represent you. So if I'm here to represent you, I've got to give 110%. You know, that's what coaches ask you to do uh, in my time uh, playing athletics. And, but so that's where I'm at. Um, I'm representing Jesus Christ, and I pray about the answers. Um, and I always tell people, you know, in the end, if it was, if it was a bad decision, Blame me. It was a good decision. Praise God. <laughs> I heard right. What brought you from Ohio to McPherson? Okay, I, I came by way of Colorado. I lived in the ugly town of Colorado Springs. <laughs> Just joking. And, and, and when we came here, that was a tough thing. In the summer, first summer we were here, it was really hot. There were 41 days over 100. And the house I bought, by a little house by the middle school, 
had a room added on the back, and that was the master bedroom. I have four kids. So the kids got up where all the air conditioning were. Mom and Dad were in the back room, which had its own bathroom and everything. And that was so hot. And we were laying in bed one night at about midnight, and it was still over 100 degrees. And my wife said to me, uh, didn't you say that you prayed about coming here? I said, I did. And she said, and you said you heard from the Lord. I said, that's right. She said, I don't think you heard from the Lord. I said, really? My wife doesn't say very much. She's a very supportive wife. I said, well, who do you think I heard from? She said, I think you heard from Satan. I said, why do you say that? She says, because it's hotter than hell here. I don't know if we should come. <laughs> Somebody, somebody asked you to tell a joke. Like that was one of the questions. So thanks for doing that. In that yeah, answer. yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. That's that a that's super, a Karnak trick. Super helpful. <laughs> um, a, a lot of a lot of these questions I'm going to try to to summarize because a lot of them are the same. Um, there's some interest to know if there's been any decisions that you've had to make as mayor of McPherson that you've wrestled with in your faith. Has there been any decisions? where you've wrestled with it from a, from a perspective of also being a Christian? Well, I, I'm, uh, I pray about a, a lot of things. Uh, pray about almost every decision. Um, I pray about whether the Gay Pride Festival last June could take place at the band show in the park. I don't have any way to stop young kids from going to the park. They're only there from 2.30 to 6.30. The big problem was the publicity on social media of drag queens reading stories. And I had a number of Christians that came, a couple pastors and laymen, to tell me I didn't know what I was doing. Before they had come, I looked at the three books that would be read to kids. One was how the rainbow flag came into existence. And I believe the guy's name was Land. He was the first homosexual elected to Congress from San Francisco. The other book was about a Chinese uh, couple, immigrants from China. They had gone through the big uh, drought and famine under Mao Zedong. Uh, I'm familiar with that because I had, had been in China. They would go out if it rained a little bit and look for watercrest. And if they found it, when they were still little kids in China, their parents would come back, boil that watercrest with a little clove of garlic and that would be all they had to eat for maybe a couple of days. They immigrated to Ohio. And they liked to be out with their family. They had a couple kids. And they found that by a creek, there was some wild watercrest. So they decided this is a great way to share a piece of our prior life before we immigrated. So they would take the little kids out, they would pick the wild watercress, come back, 
one clove of garlic in the big pot, cook the watercress, that's all they would eat for that day. That shared their, their heritage. The third book was a book that didn't say a whole lot about um, diversity uh, or equity. Uh, it wasn't that mine. So I went, had gone through all three books myself with the festival people. And I think there was nothing there. The bad part about it from the people that went to protest the thing was that drag queens read the stories. I will tell you, if I wanted to promote their agenda, I would pick something better looking than a drag queen. That's my personal opinion, but uh, I, I don't see any appeal there, but that's where the big protest was. We are working. I think we have a solution for this year, and I can't say right now, but I don't think we'll be in the park. I think we're going to be in another situation. They will be able to do what they want to do. I'll pray about that. And, and people were upset with me because... They are citizens. They had a right to use the park. They have a right to use the plaza downtown. They probably had a right to be in all schools day parade. I don't think they did the right thing on the float that they had, but they had a right to be there. So how do I, with God's love, work? And that's why from June till now, we just had another meeting last week, and I share uh, some of Romans. We all have sinned and fall short of glory of God. Romans 3.23. But in chapter 1, in 16 and 17, it talks about as Christians how we should be proud of the gospel, of our salvation. And then he goes into a long list of sins. Now, nobody wants to be called a sinner. But yet in chapter 3, he says, you're all sinners. Every one of you here today, including my wife and I. And so she went to a funeral, so she didn't want me to say that while she was here. <laughs> but uh, right across the street, uh, there's a funeral going on. But anyway, that's, uh, that's where I'm at. I pray about the difficult things. Doesn't mean we, we avoid the difficult things, but I believe God will give me the wisdom to deal with the difficult things. So you, since being here since 2009, you have... It has been quite a political climate, even in the last three years. You've talked a little bit about local government with, with um, inclusion and LGBTQ and some of those sorts of things. Um, but also, I remember um, there, there was a Black Lives Matter um, march that happened a couple of years ago. I, I took part in that and was part of that. Um, there's some questions from the room about how you as the mayor feel about movements like Black Lives Matter. Um. Some of the stuff that came out at uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, I don't support. I just came from Minneapolis, Minnesota on a city to city. I'm chairman of Regional Economic Area Partnership, 10 counties. And we went up there to talk about what they're doing. Obviously, that's where George Floyd was murdered. And uh, they have a real heavy emphasis, but in a nice way, of uh, diversity, equity, inclusion uh, on that type thing. But in the Black Lives Matter uh, that we had, 
a parade from McPherson College down to the uh, park, uh, to the band shell, and I participated in that. I was part of the program. I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio, three blocks from a steel mill. Uh, I'm in the ghetto. Um, I'm poor. I'm okay. I thought I'd lead, I led a pretty good life until I found out that uh, other people lead a lot better life economically. But I wouldn't give it up. Where I lived, every six blocks, people came from Europe and settled in a six block area. So I had Poles, I had Croatians, I had Syrians, uh, you name it, Irish, Welsh, and they all spoke their native tongues and I ate all kind of great food from around the world because of my friends. When we came here, my oldest daughter was a part of CYC. She came home one night, Wednesday night, and said, can I, can I go on a mission trip? And it was like $1,000 or something like that. And I said, no, I'll send you to grandma's. She'll lead you around the neighborhood and you can have all the missions that you want <laughs> with different people, you know. But then I finally came up with the money for her to go on this. I was just being sarcastic. But uh, I, but I, I was one of uh, three black people and myself uh, talk about living in the ghetto on Black Lives Matter, the, the parade and the program that we had here. When I grew up, um, most of my friends were black. The second category was Puerto Rican. And the white people were all, uh, parents were from uh, Europe somewhere, or it was a first generation uh, in the United States. All right, Mayor Toms. There's been some really serious questions that have come through here. So I'm gonna hit you with the, what these students wanna know. And I'm, so I'm gonna quick fire some of these things and I just want you to answer them. Are you ready? Yep. Can Sonic and McDonald's stay open past 10 p.m., please? Only if you take the jobs. Okay. You hear him? All right. Can we? Hold on. We got more. Listen, I hear you. I want you to know that I hear you, and I'm asking the things you care about. Can we get a Chick-fil-A? I, I have worked with Chick-fil-A. They... They have not given me any positive, but the other side is the, the erosion control is up just west of uh, Taco Bell for Starbucks. You heard that, right? The Bucks. Oh, yeah. I know I saw it. That was my next one. Thank you for making sure. Thank you for holding me accountable. There's, what they don't know is we had one of these and it left. There's been some, some, also some desires for Little Caesars. Any word on Little Caesars coming back? We had one, now it's a donut store. I, I, don't, I don't think so, but uh, the, uh, one of the families uh, owns the franchise that was here and also still has a franchise in Salina. And I don't think they're doing uh, great even in Salina right now, but uh, I think Casey's has got a lot of pressure on them. So what we've heard, just to wrap this up in a very light manner, we're getting a Starbucks. Anything else that we can hear first here at Central Christian College 
that well, you can put us on the inside track? Of I, I can't give you anything specific, but I will tell you the uh, building that's going up uh, just east of Pizza Hut, and we extended the refrontage road. That's a Candlewood Inn and Suites. Is part of our deal, and I'm still holding out, is that they put in two restaurants there. The one I want, I want one to be a sit-down restaurant. The other one could be a fast food like a Chick-fil-A or something. So that's where we're at. They have till 2025 to, uh, to tell me who we're at. I'm helping them recruit whether they want the recruiting or not. And uh, so that's where we're at. Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thank you. Um, thank you for, for giving us just a little bit of your heart for sharing with us. Um, grace and peace be with you this morning. I will see you on Wednesday.